Hello. Wherever you're listening to us, I hope you're staying safe and doing well. I'm Hari Arakli and this is today's tech briefing. In this program, we have become the first company to demonstrate multi-beam e-band technology in the world and which means that we can really bring down the cost of deploying 4G and 5G networks even in rural areas. That's after these headlines. Flipkart, its founders and current investor Tiger Global are facing a 100 billion rupee or 1.35 billion dollar fine from Enforcement Directorate, India's financial crime agency for alleged violation of foreign investment laws, Reuters reports. Flipkart has said it is in compliance with Indian laws and is cooperating with the Directorate. The Enforcement Directorate's case concerned an investigation into allegations that Flipkart attracted foreign investment and the related party WS Retail then sold goods to consumers on its shopping website which was prohibited under law. A so-called show cause notice was issued in early July by the agency to Flipkart, its founders Sachin Bansal and Bini Bansal as well as current investor Tiger Global to explain why they should not face the fine according to Reuters. Facebook has banned the personal accounts of academics who researched ad transparency and the spread of misinformation on the social network, The Verge reports. Facebook says the group violated its terms of service by scraping user data without permission, but the academics say they are being silenced for exposing problems on Facebook's platform. The researchers were part of New York University Ad Observatory a project created to examine the origin and spread of political ads on Facebook. Facebook's action has drawn criticism including by US Senator Mark Warner, chair of the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence, who said that the action was deeply concerning, Reuters reports. Facebook has created tools to improve transparency over advertising on its services, including its own ad library, a searchable online database showing the political ads on its site. But researchers have criticized the library for being incomplete and difficult to use, according to Reuters. Superhuman Labs, a California startup that offers a subscription-based email productivity app called, well, Superhuman, has raised $75 million in its Series C round of funding led by IVP, a Silicon Valley VC firm with participation from Tiger Global, strategic investors including Drew Houston, CEO of Dropbox, Jason Citron, CEO of Discord, and celebrities including Ariana Huffington, Ashton Kutcher, Will Smith, and the Chainsmokers. This new funding will enable us to bring superhuman to everybody, starting with the hundreds of millions of people who use Outlook and Android, CEO Rahul Vohra said in a blog post. DHL Express is partnering Eviation, a maker of all electric aircraft, to build the world's first electric air cargo network. The courier giant has ordered 12 Alice aircraft from Seattle-based Eviation to be delivered by 2024. Alice is an all-electric nine-seater aircraft designed to transport passengers and freight. It can be flown by a single pilot and carry up to 1200 kilograms of payload. Yellow Dot AI, a customer experience automation platform startup, has raised $78.15 million in its Series C funding, 
led by Westbridge Capital along with Sapphire Ventures and Salesforce Ventures. Existing investor Lightspeed Venture Partners joined in. Hello.ai software helps businesses to use its proprietary natural language processing engine and platform to build chatbots and voice bots in more than 100 languages and more than 35 channels that automate functions like customer support, customer engagement, conversational commerce, and employee experience. Onsurity, a monthly employee health benefits platform for small and medium-sized businesses and startups, has raised $16 million in its Series A round of funding led by fintech investor Kuana Capital alongside existing investors Nexus Venture Partners. Neha Satak, co-founder and CEO of Astrom, sees herself as an innovator at heart. This year, she will see the commercialization of the high-capacity wireless technology that she and her co-founder Prasad Bhatt have developed over the last six years for both terrestrial and satellite communications. Neha is also one of the two Indian women to win the prestigious Karman Fellowship for Space Tech Innovators this year. I spoke to her about the tech that Astrom has developed and her plans ahead. Here's more from that conversation. Neha, uh, welcome to this uh, podcast. Uh, thank you for making time for this. For folks who are less familiar with uh, Astrom, uh, maybe you could start by telling us uh, how you started Astrom. What was the idea that you started with? Great. Thanks, Hari. Thanks for inviting me um, on this podcast. Uh, of course, you know, we have been around for a few years now. My co-founder Prasad and I, both of us are innovators at heart. And uh, the idea was that we want to develop a very innovative technology that can uh, be used to deliver uh, internet services, high bandwidth internet services um, at affordable cost to uh, everybody around the world. And, and that includes people who are living in remote areas or even rural uh, areas. So that, that's how the company started hurrying. Hmm. And uh, t- today, what has uh, Astrom uh, evolved into? Yes, yes. Uh, what the company has evolved into is a very, very strong tech company, uh, which has developed uh, a really innovative technology, uh, which can, in the short term, even help telecom operators to deliver, um, you know, internet uh, as well as you know, four G and five G services, um, not just in urban areas but also in rural areas. Um, uh, so uh, I'm talking about, uh, you know, uh, India's first e-band uh, backhaul product that we have now launched as a company, uh, which can basically deliver GBPS capacity wirelessly uh, for long ranges. And, and that is something that is, you know, uh, you will see that it will be basically the key, you know, having backhaul capacity will be the key to delivering not just rural broadband, but also 4G and 5G services everywhere in the country. So that's that's sort of you know where we are today. That we have uh, developed something very unique, or uh, you know, unique in the world, not just in India. Uh, we have become the first company to demonstrate multi-beam e-band technology in the world, uh, and which means that we can really uh, you know bring down the cost of uh, deploying 4G and 5G networks, you know, uh, even in rural areas. So that's 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 kind of where we are. And uh, uh, the future, uh, the future for us is 
to evolve this technology further basically enabling satcom satcom uh, both on in uh, on the satellite side as well as on the ground side to make leo constellations uh, have more capacity uh, less cost uh, in terms of what they can deliver today as compared to what they can deliver today on your website i came across uh, what you've named uh, gigamesh uh, and spacenet um, allow me to come back to spacenet a little later i think the backhaul tech that you are referring to is around uh, gigamesh uh, explain to us a little bit uh, the the technical terms uh, what do you mean by uh, multi beam e band uh, and also what is backhaul and uh, why uh, it is significant absolutely hari so that's a really great question uh, let me you know you know as consumers we uh, you know we not all the time think about the complete network you know we for example today i am talking to you on my phone uh, my phone is communicating with a tower which is near my house but then uh, there is also a complete network between uh, you know the uh, the tower which is close to my house and where you are located um, and that whole network is formed by different parts so one of the main parts the key part uh which brings capacity from the core of the network to this tower which is close to my home is called backhaul uh and that backhaul is primarily the uh reason why you would uh, you know uh, you would not get good service so if you have a strong backhaul you can really deliver good quality services uh including 5g uh so so having good capacity backhaul uh, is 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 really the key to solving the networking problem and that's also one of the reasons why um, you know services in the rural areas are not as good as you would like because the backhaul reaching to those locations is very poor um so no matter if, even if you deploy the greatest of the access technologies which communicate with your phone you cannot keep up with the network traffic you cannot deliver the uh, quality of service because your backhaul is not uh, you know high capacity so that's kind of um, i hope that gave give you a you know uh, a really quick overview of what is backhaul and uh, now let me explain about you know the product gigamesh so gigamesh basically is an e band radio so what i mean by e band is it it works in really really high frequencies and uh, you know typically uh the world in the world there are handful of players who have products in these frequencies for you know uh, backhaul products and all of those products are only point to point which means that they can connect only one tower with uh, another tower so essentially it's really um, you know first of all expensive to deploy these products uh, because uh, typically telecom networks have star configurations ideally a mesh configuration Uh, and many a times you have fiber terminating at one place and you want to distribute that capacity all around um so what we have come up with is a completely new e band technology um which basically has a lot of advantages in capex because from one single product one single box you can do point to multi point communication uh because the product can actually you know uh, make multiple links to surrounding towers um uh, so it can distribute inherently much more capacity than your 
typical e-band equipment. Um, that's one thing. And the second thing is that um, the 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 kind of product that we have come out with is completely software driven. So it really makes deployment as well as maintenance of that technology, uh, you know, and that product really easy for operators. Um, and as a result, it brings down the operational cost of the network as well. When did you uh, commercialize uh, GigaMesh? And uh, can you give us a couple of examples of how your customers are uh, uh, using, deploying your technology? Absolutely. So, in fact, this uh, 2021 has been a, a very key year for us. Um, so, we have, uh, you know, we will be, uh, we, we already have an installation in Indian Institute of Science, uh, where we have actually integrated our product with uh, partners like Cisco. Uh, we are going to do the first commercial deployment outside of India by the end of this year. Uh, we have orders, um, or rather, we have contract with Indian Defense Forces for deployment of this product, uh, you know, uh, in their network. Also, towards the end of this year or early next year. So basically, we are in that, uh, you know, um, uh, final leg of commercially deploying the product very soon. And uh, you said uh, your business model changed. Uh, can you tell us about that briefly? Uh, what was the what as uh, startups like to call it yes absolutely absolutely so if you if you look at our journey uh, you know um, uh, technology wise we have done exactly what we wanted to do we said we will uh, commercialize our technology first on ground uh, which is you know through the giga mesh product and uh, we are already doing that um, uh, and, you know, the future plan was to scale up that technology and build a space constellation, a satellite constellation, Leo constellation. Now, uh, earlier, our business model was to do it alone, uh, which is, you know, own the satellite constellation, operate it ourselves. Um, but over the years, what we have uh, found is that um, I think the best way to do such a thing is to, um, you know, collaborate uh, with first of all you know someone who will actually um, you know help in the monetization of that network so that can be a telecom operator uh, and second of all with satellite manufacturers who have you know uh, if you look at the country's ecosystem it has actually evolved very well um, not just in india but also outside india a lot of private satellite manufacturers who are making the process really efficient um, cost efficient uh, are coming up so, so, so basically, uh, our business model has changed that instead of owning the complete constellation, we want to be the chief architect and payload technology provider uh, for a Leo constellation. And we want to do it in partnership with others. So this, you, you would partner uh, multiple satellite uh, uh, manufacturing companies uh, and they would use your technology and you would have some commercial agreements with them. Is that how it works? Um, I would say the key center, uh, you know, piece of this whole, uh, you know, um, you know, business model would be actually the, the satellite operator or a telecom operator who would actually own the constellation and also deliver the services uh, and, and the delivery of the services as you would, uh, you would know from the various commercial plans that have come out is not just to home consumers, not directly just to home but also as backhaul in telecom, you know. 
um and let's see if there is you know telecom operators and of course telecom operators are actually getting into this uh business very seriously you can see that from you know airtel's uh, purchase of oneweb uh, that uh, you know it, it ultimately the capacity of the satellite will be utilized not just by b2c only but we think it will be majority b2b which will be you know in terms of satellite backhaul or enterprise connectivity and from that point of view i would say the center piece is actually the operator then there is the you know chief architect and uh, payload technology provider because that really decides the um, you know capability of the constellation and of course the third is the satellite manufacturer uh, but that's not it because you also have ground terminals you know you you know ground terminals which will be manufactured by you know esdm companies uh, or companies who are who are really really um geared towards reducing the cost of electronics you know electronics manufacturing so electronic manufacturing companies so all of these together will form that ecosystem um to create a successful leo constellation that's kind of what we think today hmm. and in the enterprise uh, business to business scenario uh, which kind of uh, customers uh, verticals industries will benefit from using your technology so uh, on spacenet side i think um, if you look at the major market uh, markets i would say telecom backhaul is a really 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 important market but apart from that from an enterprise connectivity point of view uh, you would see a lot of corporates uh, as well as oil and gas industry maritime industry really benefiting from the capacity that we will bring um uh, apart from that i think if you look at the current uh, you know global telecom infrastructure one of the things uh, that actually impedes you know spreading of industry uh, in uh, rural areas or in uh, you know suburban areas is mainly uh, issues like connectivity availability of connectivity electricity and things like that and that's kind of you know one of the big problem that will be solved uh, through a leo constellation capacity i meant to ask you to uh, explain uh, spacenet a bit uh, briefly as i understand it the underlying philosophy if you will is uh, like in gigamesh right i mean to provide the, uh, as high a capacity as possible at uh, as low or uh, you know total cost of ownership as possible yes absolutely so um, so the underlying philosophy is to move to higher frequency bands uh where you have large availability of spectrum uh and to have technology which can basically uh you know uh, really uh, reuse the frequency spectrum at a very large scale because once you do that then you are uh, what you're doing is you're you know uh, you're putting one asset in space but that asset is actually delivering you much more than what it can deliver today um so like a typical satellite uh, today leo constellation satellite uh, can deliver 8 gbps to 20 gbps capacity so your uh, uh, you know uh, your uh, uh, the money that you can make uh, out of that satellite is limited to that capacity now if you change that capacity from 20 gbps to let's say 100 gbps or 200 gbps that's when you start to tip the scale and you start to basically get into a zone where 
uh, you can be uh, much more profitable and the business you know can be much more profitable uh, as compared to what it is today so it's it's all about technology it's all about bringing the ground terminal cost down and uh, increasing the capacity on the satellite the hardware software combination that goes into satellites uh, you know through your spacenet technology uh, does it share uh, the same platform with gigamesh or are they entirely separate uh, technologies oh that's a great question hari so it's actually um, uh, it does share the same platform and that is also one of the reasons why on our roadmap we decided to monetize gigamesh you know um uh, and 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 if you look at the applications that i've spoken about which is telecom backhaul um you know no matter if you're connecting a tower or through a satellite or through another tower the kind of interface is the interfacing that you're doing in your system is exactly same uh but more so um, you know uh, you know the hardware and the software Uh, elements of communications remain same of course the scale changes because on ground you are talking about 10 km distance and in space you are talking about you know let's say 1000 km or more hmm. uh you you already mentioned uh, one web and there is of course uh, starlink which is in some ways you know the leader in providing these services right now uh, and there uh, there are other projects as well right amazon and a uh, couple of other companies and and there are startups in india uh, so tell us a bit about uh, you know what are the uh, important developments uh, that are happening uh, in this context you know in in india as well as around the world uh, today that we should pay attention to so i think one of the key trends that i would say is happening in india is that um, you know uh, uh, you know everybody knows that india is a big market for satellite internet Uh, and every you know there are a lot of external uh, you know companies like starlink who really want to uh, sort of enter this market very aggressively uh, but then that has also peaked the interest of the operators and that is probably the key trend not just the operators but also uh, you know big industrialists who who are sort of trying to you know um you know find out what is it all about and you know where where that uh, everybody is trying to figure out what their role is in that ecosystem so that's kind of the key trend i would say key trend i would say that this market will open up very soon and there are big uh, you know companies who are actually looking very seriously at this industry um and hopefully we will you know see some more announcements like like airtel's uh, purchase of one web very soon um so that's kind of the india trend and the global trend i would say is that a lot of geo players are now entering the leo market uh through partnerships or through investment and that's kind of another trend um that uh, is coming up and pro- probably that is also because of the success of starlink uh, or the you know the demonst- the successful demonstration i should say uh, by starlink that has uh, of course raised uh, you know confidence in the community um and i think it's on the right track on the consumer front uh, if you were to hazard a sort of in- informed guess uh, how long would you say before you know someone like uh, your average household can get an a starlink dish outside her house i would say 2 years uh but i would also say one more thing that uh, you know uh, for it to be uh basically a 
really viable option that is something that may take maybe more than 2 years you know viable option for everybody because if you look at if you look at the kind of capacity that is created by a constellation over a country like india it's it's actually first of all the capacity is not enough you know it it can serve only uh, really a small 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 part of the population uh, the second thing is that the cost of course you know everybody will subsidize the you know um, you know delivery uh, in the beginning but ultimately that cost economics needs to be achieved you know so that's that's kind of uh, the only thing that will take a little bit of time a kind of standard question is if you uh, take the story forward say 5 years uh, down the line uh, what are the kind of uh, features uh, capabilities that the entire ecosystem uh, can deliver i i would say uh, in my opinion or rather what the vision that i see um is that you know networks will be much more automated and much more integrated with each other uh and what i mean by that is that uh, you know let's say if i am a telecom operator providing services in a particular area um i should i i should not be um i should not be like building my solo network and just be relying on that uh it should be an architecture where uh you know capacity is available on demand especially backhaul capacity uh and network can networks can be built and removed uh, in a very short period of time at any place uh and to do that of course uh, there has to be um uh you know a, a different uh, and i think that is happening uh, uh due to the oran architecture coming in and people really uh you know going for open um, you know architecture where anything can work with anything and that is something that i believe is the key because um, you know that is what will take us to scale and that is what will um, actually make um, you know have having a you know uh, all reaching network possible so which means that you will be able to uh, build uh, your own network or uh, get connectivity anywhere in the world um, you know no matter where you go so that's kind of you know what i think is the most important uh, um, change that i would like to see in you know up five years the ecosystem has to agree to move to that and i think that is happening uh, excellent pretty interesting uh, conversation neha uh, thank you again for making time for this uh, i hope to keep the conversation going thank you hari thank you have a good day that was neha satak That's it for this briefing. You can find all our podcasts on forbesindia.com and on your favorite podcast apps. I'm Hari Arakli. Thank you for listening.